TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast. The only podcast out there that is 100% chiselled and is proudly part of the Chairshot Media Group and now is also available on Smart to Death. I am Mags and I didn't think it would actually happen but he's turned up for two weeks in a row now. That's two whole weeks. Uh, my co-host, my podcast wife, Mr Paul Tolley. Paul, how are you? I'm feeling absolutely prolific. I'm enjoying the uh, British summertime. It's nice to be recording a podcast um, in natural light. You yeah. usually feel a bit like my dirty little secret uh, <laughs> recording at night time. <laughs> How are you? Yeah, not too bad. It's been a, a, a yeah, busy week. Uh, the weather's been on and off. We've had uh, amazing sun then horrific thunderstorms and downpours but yeah i can't complain there's uh there's far far worse people out there than us uh yeah, yeah we, we got it all right really haven't we we certainly have um today's guest though paul wow it's someone who uh we have uh we've we've been in contact with again on the show for for a long long time but uh laugh and time zones and just so much got in the way, but finally it's happened. I actually can't actually believe it. I think I'm going to snap my fingers and and wake up and and it's it's not actually happening. But let's get it done. Um, we've got today one of the one of the dragons den stars. We've got we've got at Chetta Jen. Jen, how are you? Doing good. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a long time coming to to have you on the show. Like I said, uh, life really did throw some spanners in the works, uh, but yeah, we're really uh, excited to have you on. Absolutely, yeah, it's great to have you. I'm happy to be on. I'm glad that it finally worked out. I'm I'm excited. So, Jen, seeing as this is your your uh, debut on on Badlands, uh, what we what we like to ask our our debuting guest is there Mount Rushmore of the greatest wrestlers of all time, and a little bit of explanation why each one kind of made the cut. Uh, so, uh, the resident accountant here, Mister Tolly, can can formulate uh, a kind of a definitive uh, Mount Rushmore from any company. Any, any, any wrestler, any company, anywhere. Just your four, the four people who uh, stand out to you as the greatest of all time. Any era as well, yeah. Greatest of all time, as he said. Okay, uh, Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Standard. Yeah, he was one of the first that I remember watching when I was young. My dad watched wrestling when I was real little, and he was one that I remember just kind of always being on the screen and I grew up a big Ric Flair fan Four horsemen just always, always, even though he was a bad guy, he was the worst bad guy, but he was like, he was the greatest. Like I absolutely have loved him since I was little. Um, another one that falls into the same category, the undertaker. Interesting. Um, Very interesting. Take that one. 
The Undertaker is the first one that I can say was my favorite. When wrestling became my hobby, that it wasn't just something my dad watched, was around The Undertaker's debut. And uh, I remember his debut. And it's funny that he just retired and I was making jokes on Twitter like, wow, I've been a fan so long. I've seen The Undertaker's entire career. <laughs> Woo. But yeah, I always liked him no matter what I was watching, even if I wasn't really following WWE, WWF at the time, you know, always The Undertaker. If he was on, I was I was watching. We, we got a little theory here, here at Badlands that when, when it appeared that The Undertaker had uh, retired, he got a lot of votes. And then when he came back, the votes kind of dried up. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting now he's announced his, ret- his retirement for realsies. Uh, if the votes start flooding in again and he starts uh, starts challenging that our, our top four Mount Rushmore again. Is it for realsies now? Do you both think that this is the end of uh, The Undertaker's career? <sighs> I thought the end of The Undertaker's career was the match with Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. So, which is probably what a lot of people thought. I mean, I... I think it is now that he's said it, that the match with AJ was his last one. But, I, I mean, I've also watched Terry Funk for how many years? <laughs> say he was done and come back. Say he was done and, well, he's back. And, I mean, I know now he's retired. But, you know, he, he kind of hung on at the end there for a while. was just couldn't let go. It, it depends how much the Crown Prince of Saudi wants to see Undertaker vs. Mankind in a double Hell in a Cell match. I also think it's it's interesting that he chose to retire just before uh, Survivor Series this year, which would have been like 30 years uh, of a wrestling career in, in, in WWE. I thought maybe that would be the time he would get his kind of like farewell. That was my pet theory. Um, my dad and I were talking about that. I said, you know... People think he might retire at WrestleMania, and that would make sense because he had the streak, but he doesn't anymore. You know, he did the thing with the the cloak and the hat and the ring and all, like, at WrestleMania, and you know, that would have been a great finish. But since he's still there, I think he'll wait till Survivor Series because what better way to go out? He came in in Survivor Series, go out at Survivor Series, make it a full circle thing. But that's not what we got. And that's okay. That's... Yeah, it, it's cool that he's retiring on his own terms, I suppose, uh, rather than kind of being like always one last match kind of person. Yeah, that is true. That is true. I, I think I think Reigns was the perfect match to finish, and kind of what happened at the end of that match was was the perfect finish. But he wasn't happy with that match, was he? So I can understand why he probably went back on that. And I was surprised that he wasn't. But then again, you know, when it's your career, it's your job, and you watch it back and go, God, that was awful. Um, but, you know, as a fan watching it, you know, it just seemed to be this just reminder of everything that The Undertaker had done in his career, brought out submissions we hadn't seen in years, brought out moves we hadn't seen him do. It's like, okay, so if this is it, if this has to be the one, I thought it was great. And then the way that, he made the grand exit. He always makes the grand entrance, but he made that grand exit. And I just thought, well, if this is it, this is a good way to go. But if he wasn't happy with that, that's good too. 
we got a decent bone boneyard match out of it, so yeah. Well, that that is that is really the perfect way to go, isn't it? If you if you've got if you've got kind of an aging wrestler who can't can't do what he used to do, what he used to be able to do, kind of coronavirus has created this great um, kind of environment where they can where they're doing these cinematic matches, and that's perfect for the Undertaker. That is one of the best happy accidents that we got. From a WWE perspective, that is one of the best happy accidents we got. Like they they tried to do similar things in the past, and it was kind of hit or miss for me whether it worked or not. But I thought the last two that they did were actually pretty decent. You know, they were they did what they were supposed to do, hit the story they were supposed to, and that's an okay way for the Undertaker to go out. Like that's I enjoyed it more yeah. than I thought I was going to, honestly. Yeah, I, I think it's up there with, with the best of the cinematic matches so far. Uh, it, it was more like watching uh, a 30-minute film rather than actually watching a wrestling match. Yeah. And that, that, that's one of the things WWE do, does best, isn't it? it the production. It, with, the production. We've always praised their video packages kind of to hype matches. Um, they've got a they've got a, a film company, for heaven's sake, so um, they, they should be good at it. Um so you're right. It is it's a happy accident. So who's uh who takes the third spot on your Mount Rushmore, Jim? Um, I'm gonna say Terry Funk. When I was thinking about this earlier, he wasn't on my list, but I am gonna say Terry Funk because not for what he did so much in the end of his career in WWE, but for the years I spent watching him in ECW, mm-hmm. he was that hardcore dude, but he was this this older guy. Because, I mean, when I, I was about 16, when I started to go to ECW shows, here's this old guy. What's he going to do? Oh, he's going to do everything and then some. And it's kind of because of Terry Funk that we have Tommy Dreamer. So it's like I have to give credit to Terry Funk for like the hardcore part of wrestling for me. I know there's plenty of others names they could come up, but that's not for me. He's, he was one of the guys that was not, people weren't there to see Terry Funk all the time, but when his matches came on the card, he was great. He did what he was there to do, and then some. I did enjoy seeing him a bit, you know, in WWF, WWE, whichever it was at the time. I always get that confused when I talk about the past because I forget what year it changed over. But you know, he was good there too. He kind of had a, a fun role, but he'll he'll always be one of, one of my favorites. Yeah, he, he legitimised uh, ECW at the time. I think he uh, put a lot of eyes on that product and and kind of allowed those like younger, like unknown wrestlers to shine. He definitely did, and he was not afraid to take his hits. Like he <laughs> he bled like the rest. He did everything that his body would let him do, and he and he kept coming back every time. I thought, well, surely he's going to retire. He did not, and I. He even made appearances at some of 
Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore shows that he has in, in Philly every now and again. Um, a couple of years ago, I think maybe three or four years ago, I saw him at one of them. He didn't wrestle, but he was there uh, supporting the show. He He wasn't able to wrestle, but I mean, he's done his time. He could... It's about time he just sit back, relax, and enjoy the product. So, yeah. so that was- I, I think he's got that kind of mentality, though, where he loves wrestling so much that if he if it got to the point where he had to give it up, I think it's kind of like he, uh, he's losing a piece of himself. Oh, probably. He's done it for so long, so many companies around the world. He's been everywhere. He's done everything, and... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just glad that he was able to be there and just at least watch. Like, he wasn't cleared to wrestle, but he was there to support Tommy and, and his crew. And that was it was just a really cool thing to, to see him there because I wasn't expecting him at all, like, to be there at all. So it was, it was neat. Yeah, he's, he's not someone who's got a lot of love on on uh, the Matt Rishmore's the, the, uh, from guests that we've spoke to, is he, Paul? None at all, yeah. That's a, that's a debut pick. Really? Yeah, I mean, that... we we don't have a lot of um. I'm just having a look here. I can't see many. Uh, we had a pick for Rob Van Dam. Just thinking about picks for kind of ECW guys. Rob Van Dam's had a vote. That's about it. So wow, it's a nice a nice uh, refreshing addition to to the Rushmore. Yeah, interesting. Um, so who takes that last spot, Jim? Who's the fourth fourth member? Jushin Thunder Liger. Oh, Paul's happy now. You just made Paul yeah, smile. A, that's another debut pick. So, wow. so, so James Jen, brought two new faces to the to the Rushmore. Jushin Liger, and I remember watching him in WCW, and he was one of the the reasons why I've loved cruiserweight wrestling. The the younger, they're not the younger, the smaller guys, because you know Liger was there, and he was doing these things that others you know, that I had seen, hadn't been doing. And then I kind of lost track of him after that for a while. And then when I started watching New Japan, he was there. Oh, this is awesome. There he, you know, so, I mean, he's great. I'm surprised no one's mentioned him. He's, he's another one, 30 years in wrestling that, you know, he's done quite a bit, been around the world, you know, got to retire on his, his own terms, got to do his, his retirement tour, he spent an entire mm-hmm. year going places he'd never been. And I thought that was really a neat way to end his career, you know, considering all he'd already done to find places that he'd never been, make sure he was able to to do a show there and say, OK, now that I've done all of this, I've done everything and now I'm done. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. And it, it's cool how we passed on the, the baton to uh, Hiromu. Um, Earlier in earlier in the year, just uh, a great moment. But yeah, it is interesting that he's never ever been picked on on the Mount Rushmore, the 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 Calati Mount Rushmore. But he's been mentioned so many times in in the main topics of uh, with the guests. Yeah, I mean to be fair, just like ECW, there's not there's not love not a lot of love for Japan in our mm. in our overall Mount Rushmore. You've got, you've got a couple of votes each for Okada and Tanahashi. That's about it. Yeah, really, really interesting. Oh, got bumped by Terry Funk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, four great picks and two two debuts on on the collated Matt Rushmore, Jim. Awesome. 
I'm really, I'm still surprised about Liger. Like no one mentioned him before. That's wow. Yeah, he's he's 59th as well. It's not it's not like uh, it's not like there's uh, there's not many names on the list. <laughs> it's coming quite far down. And especially when he, especially when he's had such a storied career. I mean, it's not like he's been uh, he's been just in Japan. He's he's travelled the world. If there's not a company that he really hasn't wrestled for. Yeah, that's true. Like. When I saw him, he was in WCW, and then I kind of lost track of him for a little bit. And then he was in Japan, and I know he's been other places, like everywhere. But yeah, I'm. Eh. Well, I'm glad he's on there now. Yeah, absolutely. It's your boy Rensek and Ray Cash of the Outsiders Edge. I'm here with my boy Kyle, and I got a question for you, man. I right, shoot. What would you say are your four? Worst, your Mount Rushmore of worst edge guess. Ooh, that's a tough one. The Mount Rushmore of worst edge guess. It's pretty easy. It should just be two people. I mean, nah, 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 nah. The the three worst guests in the history of the Outsiders Edge are obviously Caleb, Carl, <laughs> Caleb, Carl. And Mags, right? Well, I mean, Darren's trash. You know, Darren, and we can't even shout out Paul Talley because he's never been on the damn show. I mean, that's good for us. Speaking of Mount Rushmore, I guess we can shout out the fact that Badlands Podcast, part of the Chair Shot Radio Network, check it out. We love the show. Uh, always listen, man. Chair Shot family, we're here for you. 100% if y'all haven't checked it out, you got to do it. And, I mean, if Darren were here, we know one thing he would say to my Mount Rushmore, and that is he has a He big, would veto that shit. Fat veto for that shit. But he's not here, so I said what I said. You want to come on the show and defend yourself, you know where to find your boys. If you don't like that, we don't give up. Fuck. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out the chair shot. So let's let's get into uh, getting to this main topic uh, with uh, with Jen being on on the show and with her podcast being a kind of a New Japan and, and AEW centric show. I thought we'd kind of mix the two together and come up with a uh, a couple of Mount Rushmores of wrestlers who have uh, who've starred in in New Japan and also have uh, made appearances in in AEW. Uh, Obviously, New Japan is all three of our probably our favorite promotions. Uh, but Paul's not not a big AEW watcher yet, so it'd be interesting to see what kind of uh, what kind of area he goes with his picks. Uh, but let's go with you, Jen, first. Let's go with your first picking uh, wrestlers that have starred for both AEW and New Japan. Hmm. I gotta say, Chris Jericho, <laughs> because without Chris Jericho, I would not have found New Japan. And so that he just happened to be also one of the guys that was, you know, in the startup of AEW was really cool for me. Really cool for me. But yeah, it was actually like Wrestle Kingdom 12 was my first New Japan show. And it was only because Kenny, no, Chris Jericho um, was having this match with Kenny Omega, who I'd never heard of at the time. And I'm wondering what. Jericho's doing in Japan like oh wow what is he doing I have to watch that because 
it's Chris Jericho. And yeah, it's got to be important. And then I just couldn't stay away from New Japan after that. And, you know, I got sucked in by Jericho, kind of stayed for Omega and everybody else. And yeah, so it's got to be Jericho. Yeah, it's interesting how one one wrestler can kind of drag you into a full company. And even when that wrestler's kind of not there a, a lot of the time, you still stay so invested with, with that company. I mean, I got dragged into New Japan because of AJ versus Shinsuke, both who then left literally the week after. And uh, I ended up sticking around in New Japan's my favorite wrestling promotion in in the world today. So, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. You can have that, that kind of like little almost someone who breaks the door down for you and then once they go away, you stick around. Yeah, there was no question about that. Like, after that first show, seeing a few familiar faces, finding people that I wanted to see more of, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm invested here. You you need an entry drug to New Japan, don't you? Because you're not... It's very unlikely you're going to just decide to watch a Japanese wrestling show one day. I think we all have this one person or two people that 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 dragged us into it. And for me it was Kenny Omega. Um uh, well, as I've said before, it was actually Dave Meltzer and kind of how much he raved about Kenny Omega and Okada at Wrestle Kingdom eleven. Um so that was that was my entry. And a great entry it was. Um so yeah great first picture and uh, I'm sure Jericho's probably gonna come up again on a man and polls but uh whose turn is it on uh, to go first on ours poll this week i think you went first last week i went first yep so you see you this week oh now I've, I've gone quite out of the box with with my choice because i think i know that the kind of caliber of wrestlers that paul's going to pick so i've wanted to kind of uh, avoid the clash almost uh so the first one i'm going to go with um it's someone who's actually only just come to uh to aw pretty recently uh i'm going to go with lance archer um he's had a career that's uh that's nearly 20 years i think it's it's this year that he, he's uh he'll make 20 years uh but he debuted in new japan in 2011 Joined um, Suzuki Goon, where he's uh, he spent majority of the first like eighteen months or so tagging with uh, with Minoru and kind of being his his kind of backup muscle. Um, that kind of changed when uh, Harry Smith, aka Davy Boy Smith uh, Jr., joined and they formed a tag team called uh, Killer Elite Squad. Um, they quickly won the, the their first uh, run with the IWGP Heavyweight Titles. I think they beat Ten Corsi at. Uh, King of Pro Wrestling 2012, uh, did eventually hold them titles three times uh, and had uh, amazing feuds with, with G.O.D. and Evil Sonata. But when um, Harry left New Japan uh, early 2019, uh, I think he had contract issues with uh, with the, the top brass. It, it seemed like Archer was going to be kind of directionless, losing his tag team partner. Uh, and he actually disappeared for a, a few months to refresh his character. Uh, coming back as as this murder hawk, um, uh, Archer though with the long braided uh, ponytail, came into the back to the G1 uh, climax in 2019, and wow, he had some amazing performances. I think the, he starred in the opening match against Will Ospreay when uh, when we had the the opener in in uh, America. He got his uh, first ever four and a half star match from a. Uh, 
from Paul's uncle Dave. Um, <laughs> and ironically, this is 18 years into his career, and, and many people earmark this as kind of his breakout year. Um, it was uh, not so, not too long after that he would pick up his first singles title in New Japan when he uh, when he won the vacant IWGP title, uh, beating Juice Robinson. Uh, but he wouldn't have it for that long. I think he dropped it back to the former champion uh, John Moxley. And then in uh, March of this year, uh, we got Jay the Snake Roberts hinting at a monster arriving in AW to take Cordy's piece of the pie, and we got a monster, the Murder Hawk monster. Uh, with Lance Archer kind of doing a, a more intense version of the the Everybody Dies character that he'd, he'd made famous in uh, in New Japan. Uh, got to the final of the, the TNT uh, title tournament, uh, destroying absolutely everybody in his path uh, to, to kind of get that match with Cordy that he was desperate for. Uh, and even though there was some... Some dubious booking uh, in a feud that probably didn't need the title to be involved. Uh, he... Cody defeated Archer, and that's his only loss. Uh, but going forward, you can see that he's um, he's like one of our only a handful of big, like agile men in a in a company that's uh, getting famous for smaller technical style wrestling. And I think he's got a a bright future in AEW, and hopefully soon he'll he'll uh, he'll have some AEW gold to add to his singles title. So, yeah, I think my first pick I'm going to go with uh, with Lance Archer. Okay, well, I hope Lance Archer is not not listening <laughs> because he's a big man. He's a big dude. But uh, I, I'm going to have to veto that one, I'm afraid. afraid wow. Down. Wow. I I really like Lance Archer. I really do. I think he's a quality wrestler and, and he's probably, as you say, one of the best big men there is. But I don't think, if you look if, if you look at the guys who, who've um, have appeared in both New Japan and AEW, I don't think he's... I don't think he's top caliber level. Okay. And I, and I, and and although he's got a bright future, I don't think I don't think he. Unfortunately, I don't think he ever will be. Um, wow. <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna replace him with. I'm gonna replace him with uh, a man you just mentioned. I'm gonna replace him with uh, John Moxley. Interesting. Um. Because I, 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 I find it hard to dispute that John Moxley is one of the best wrestlers to have appeared in in New Japan and AEW. Even though I think he's done some good good stuff in New Japan, but he hasn't. Uh, he, again, by no means um, top top level work in New Japan, as in like IWGB title or anything. But just for his back catalogue, which which pretty much exists in in WWE. Um, you know he's a he's a Grand Slam champion there. He was one of the biggest names I think for a while. He was one of the one of the top drawing names after Brock Lesnar in WWE. He was uh, he was the most um, prolific appearing wrestler in WWE for a long time. Um, and yeah, he's just a great wrestler. Obviously part of part of the Shield, which has which has gone down in 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 wrestling history as one as one of the greatest stables stables of all time as i said grand slam champion and someone who uh even though as you know i didn't i didn't agree with how he did it at the time someone who's done things on his on his own terms and really took a risk in in leaving a big money job in wwe and first going to to, to new japan and then and then signing with AEW and at that debut for AEW was just one of the best moments of last year in wrestling, hands down. 
because I think although there was rumors he was signing for AEW, I don't think anyone actually knew that he had. And the way he entered at the end of, yeah, you have to remind me what pay-per-view it was. I can't remember what pay-per-view it was, but the way he entered the, it was double or nothing, double or nothing. Just, it was just an unbelievable moment in, in wrestling. And he, and in, he has had good matches in New Japan. He's, he's the current, is he the current US champion? I'm sure he is. He certainly is. Yeah. Current US champion. Um, he has a good matches that the feud with Juice Robinson was actually really refreshing and really exciting. Um, and of course he's, uh, he's my, my beloved Shota's adopted <laughs> father. So how, how can I not pick him? I, I, I think, I think the, the, the way he's improved his, uh, his character and his, uh, his in-ring ability uh, in the short period he's been in New Japan and AEW has been, has been fantastic. I can't not agree with it. I, Mox definitely deserves to be on there. Um, I think for me, the thing that stands out with Mox is the way he's in both companies at the same time, and it's two totally different characters. Uh, it's yeah, and, and the 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 kind of having Shooter under it, under his wing is just it's been it's been the love story of the year. Yeah, sure is. And and the way the way New Japan fans really took to him as well, the, the Japanese New Japan fans, because it's not easy for for um, sometimes for for a big name to go in there and and get those kind of reactions, but he got them straight away. Yeah, totally agree. Can't say I'm happy that you took Lance off, uh, and I will be tweeting him to let him know. But, uh... <laughs> I, I do love Lance Arch. I just don't think he's top four. <laughs> Jen, what did you think of that? I think Marx is a great choice. Um, he's definitely up there in, in crossover because of how well he did get taken to in Japan so quick mm-hmm. and that he did get a title really fast. Like to be, I think he's now a two time US champion, yeah. which even though he beat Juice Robinson. It's okay, because Mox is cool, too. But his story with Shota has to be one of my favorite things to come out of Japan last year. Because he just picked up Young Lion Shota and went, this one's mine. Just that's it. You know, this is my tag team partner. And he was all through the G1, which I thought was great. Like, I thought he was, I thought it was awesome. But I think Mox was great. And, you know, to be in AEW, too. And to be the champion, but also to really surprise people, which I mean, he did. I always take the rumors as just that rumors. It's like, yeah, maybe, but nah, not yet anyway. And then here he is. And it's like, oh, that's awesome. That's great. Because he does bring something different to AEW. And maybe not everybody likes it, but his his hardcore match with Kenny Omega is still, though unsanctioned, got to be one of my favorites that he's done so far. Just because as far as hardcore matches go, I thought it was a well-done one. It certainly was. And I think for me, the thing that stands out about Mox is how, how much you can see he's got his passion back for wrestling. 
in the in the at least the last eighteen months of WWE, he was kind of going through the motions. Didn't agree with a lot of the way his character was portrayed, and now he's got that that bit of creative freedom. And yeah, you can see that's a guy who, who loves wrestling again. Yeah, it's great to see. And and I I can't believe it happened because there's you know there's walking out on a WWE contract like some of the some of these guys do, and there's walking out on his contract, which was very high paying. Mm-hmm. He, he really he really backed himself, and it, it, it is it is good to see that it's paying off for him. Yeah, and and as as much as we didn't kind of uh, agree with the 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 talkie Jericho on the Wade Keller podcast, the way he actually did it before that, uh, he he just kept his head down, saw out his contract, didn't create waves. You don't see a lot of uh, wrestlers doing that now. It's it's more they'll get onto social media and and they'll start bad mouthing the company. Uh, he didn't. He just he just sat down, got on with his job. And 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 then just went out on his own terms. Didn't burn any bridges. Yeah, and I think I, I'm certainly what someone who's criticised him in the past, and a lot of people criticised him in the past for looking perhaps a little bit lazy in WWE or not not having that passion, not seeming to put effort into his character. But like I said, he for years he was on top of the the number of matches list. He was doing. Mm-hmm. What was it? It was thousands a year or something ridiculous like that. Yeah, it was just never. It was never off. It was always on the circuit, uh, always uh, at the top of the card. So, so in that respect, he was putting in a hell of a lot of effort. Like you say, be, being professional throughout. It's a it's a great use of the veto. Um, let's go to Jen for for your second pick, Jen. Um, Kenny Omega. I have to go there, and because he. He was one of the reasons that I continued to watch New Japan. Initially, I thought the match with Jericho was really good. Didn't know who he was yet. It was the first match I saw him wrestle. I didn't hit Google until after that to find more. Um, And then going into like New Year's Dash, there were some things that happened that year that I didn't quite understand. That's about when I hit Twitter because I figured there had to be people that knew more than me. And uh, I figured I'd find them and ask the questions, like, what's going on here? And um, found out, you know, Kenny's story, the Golden Lover story, all of that. Spent several hours between Google and YouTube figuring out who Kenny Omega is and where he came from and all of that. And it's like, yeah, this guy is really cool. Like, he's just been... I was able to watch the last year and a half of his in Japan. He he did really well there with the his quest for the title was a really good story. The Golden Lover story, really good story. Now with AEW, he's building other stories. He's got this this team with Hangman Page, and I think I know people complain about it. Not his story with Page, but the fact that Kenny's not the guy. He's not the top guy. He's not the champion yet oh god they're treating him so bad and all of this and i'm just like well no i think now he's doing kind of what he did before he's kind of showing people why he's the best and so he's building himself up for this audience for the american audience who may or may not have seen him before because you know coming out of japan i'm thinking wow everybody has to know who kenny omega is how quickly i forget i didn't know who kenny omega was 
And so it's like, you know, for his match and double or nothing, you know, the selling point for some was probably that match, the, you know, Omega, Alpha Omega 2. And, it you know, I we covered it on Dragon's End. It's like, if they can do, again, for some new person, some new American audience member who has never seen a, a New Japan show, who's looking at AEW because they're brand new on the scene, and they see that Jericho's got a match, and they don't know who that guy is that he's wrestling against, but they're going to know. They're going to find out. If they can do for, you know, for them what Jericho did for me, dragging me into Japan almost two years later, still watching Japan, if they can pull in one new person into AEW from there using, you know, Jericho and Omega, I, yeah, and, and I love Kenny. It's no secret. He's, he's my favorite that's out there right now. His storytelling is awesome. You know, he uses the ring to tell stories. He uses his promos to tell stories. Really, he uses facial expressions. Like, there's nothing that he doesn't account for, whether it's his outfit, whatever. There's nothing that he goes into and just wings it. Mm -hmm. Everything's accounted for. Everything is, he's telling you a story from the second he hits the ropes. And I think that's awesome. Yeah, solid, solid pick, uh, and I'm sure it's at least going to be one of Paul's picks. Um, yeah, he's a he's a superstar. And I, I like uh, how in AW he doesn't have to be the the kind of main event. He's 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 got this ability, even if he's not at the top of the card, to to still be a massive attraction. The work he's doing with with Hangman is it's one of the best. Uh, slow burn stories that we've had in wrestling for a, a long while and in terms of his new japan work th- this reason why it was it was uh in the conversation for the best wrestler in the world for for uh, the past two or three years and it's because he puts on absolutely amazing matches and like, and like you just said jen you hit the nail on that it's the attention to detail there's nothing that is done by accident, everything has a purpose. Whether it's the the entrance, whether it's uh, the the wording of his promos, whether it's like I said, the facial expressions. He's got the one of the most expressive faces in wrestling. Um, yeah, he's a is an absolute superstar. And yeah, he 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 will go down as um, as one of the greatest to ever ever enter the ring. Definitely, definitely will. Let's get on with it. My my picks, Kenny Omega. <laughs> okay, might, might, might as well add, might as well add to that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm Kenny Kenny Omega. Like I said, he, he he was the major reason I got into New Japan. I know he's a he's a major reason why a lot of new fans got into New Japan. Um, you know, he's had he's had, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, four four of the greatest matches of all time, all against the same guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not easy to do. I think I think only only Ric Flair also has that accolade with uh, with Steamboat. Um, he, he, he's just a creative tour to de force, um, as you said. His storytelling, his attention to detail, um, is second to none. Like his attention to uh, one of my favorite Kenny Omega moments is when is when he collapses uh, as Akada is going to hit him with the Rainmaker. In uh, I think that was their, their second match, the the draw. Mm-hmm. Um, just an unbelievable bit of, like I say, storytelling that you wouldn't expect to see. Um, 
I remember being blown away when I when, when I was at Wrestle Kingdom, and you can notice that when uh, Tanahashi's about to hit the final high fly flow, he's Kenny Omega. You know, yeah, ninety nine wrestlers out of hundred would just lie there and wait for it. Kenny Omega's fighting with every inch of his being to actually sit up and avoid it. But he doesn't. He gets he gets hit with it, and I, I remember just being transfixed by that. I think he went out of New Japan perfectly. He told a story with Tanahashi that really put over New Japan and put over New Japan style, and painted himself as a bad guy, um, whose whose style kind of not perhaps wasn't welcome anymore, but but was never going to be the New Japan style. I, the, the way he gave everything to that was magnificent. Um, and yeah, he's a form. He's an IWGP heavyweight champion in in a match. I know we all hold 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 it to our hearts. Um, kind of, I I've really been as excited as I was when Kenny Omega won that match um, at Dominion, the two out of three falls. Um, so yeah, he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all times. Um, like you say, slow burner on it in AEW at the moment, but again, that that makes sense. Because as Jen says, I, I, I don't think his name is as widely known as as us kind of hardcore wrestling fans fans think it is. So, but when he gets going and when his name starts starts getting out there, um, he's going to be loved by the American audience and uh, and I'm sure you win world championships again. Yep, yeah, I can't. I, I can't doubt it, and I, I definitely can't veto it. It would make an absolute mockery of our Mount Rushmore if I vetoed uh, Kenny Omega off off this list. So you're surviving another veto for now, Paul. <laughs> Three in a row. Wow. So, Jen, let's go back to you for your third pick. Um, I'm going to say... Cody Rhodes, and I realize it's reaching, but maybe not so much for his work in Japan, which I guess was more through Ring of Honor to Japan to as to how he got there, but that he made appearances in Japan, he counts. And it's more so because of what he's done post-WWE. Because as a fan of the Rhodes family, I mean, I have been a fan of Dustin, since I was a kid, he was one of the first technical wrestlers that I really liked. When Cody came through and was in WWE, I liked him too. Stardust, yeah, I liked him because I knew who he was. And the Goldust character had grown on me with his brother. So I thought, oh, hey, this is kind of cool. They're taking it and running with it. That's great. But when he decided to leave and go, I didn't know where. I knew he was kind of with Ring of Honor, sort of. I didn't know that he had made that journey to Japan till I saw him on at Wrestle Kingdom. I was like, oh, wow, I recognize that guy. Um, but he's done enough in Japan that people who knew him from there kind of followed him to AEW and watched how that was unfolding. And now he's not only, you know, part of a stable, part of a group of guys who are doing good things. Now he's a company. Well, he's part of a company that is doing good things, trying to do good things for wrestling as a whole to give 
not just another company. They say an alternative. And it is. Any company is an alternative to another that you don't want to watch anymore. But he's put in the work. He's put in... I like that he's the TNT champion. I like what he's done with that. Even though I was hoping for an Archer win, I was. I see why it's Cody. I do. I see why it's Cody. The same reason he he picked up the NWA title when he did had to be Cody. He's got this legacy that... People thought he walked out on when he left the WWE. It's like, well, he just canceled himself. You know, he'll never make it. Well, he's made it. And he might not be the most popular. I think he's a talented enough wrestler. I may not always like his work, his character work. Sometimes I love it. Sometimes I think Cody's awesome. And sometimes I think, man, not this time. But, you know... In general, he's a good worker, and I'll always watch that. If you're trying, if you're working, if you're trying to make stuff work, I'll always give that a shot. You know, I always support that, and so I'm I'm happy to see what he's doing. And you know, he's I know it's a stretch, but he's a name that popped into my head. It's a very valid name. Uh, he was he won the RWGP US title whilst in New Japan, and Whilst he wasn't there for a long, long time, he was the catalyst for one of the biggest stories in New Japan with the breakup of uh, Bully Club and going from to the the elite and the OGs. So yeah, he's uh, he perfectly deserves to be on 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 your Mount Rushmore. And the stuff that he's done in AW, whilst I am not a huge Cody fan, I've got to give him props that he he did bet on himself. He did he set like this kind of blueprint for wrestlers who who want to to leave uh, WWE and kind of uh, make a bigger name for themselves. He's he's done exactly that. He's he's formed a company around it. And again, I, I, whilst I didn't really agree with him needing to hold the TNT title, I can see the point of it because whoever beats him for that title. They're instantly legitimate, and the work that he's done with some of the young wrestlers there has been amazing. I mean, he's made Darby well. He's been involved in making Darby Allen a, a huge star. Same with Jungle Boy. The feud with MJF has been has been one of the the best on off feuds uh, in in wrestling over the past eighteen months or so. And I, I think that it probably is one of the biggest babyfaces in wrestling today. The amount of people who, who watch AEW strictly because of, of Cody, um, yeah, I, I, I think that he's one of the one of the most popular wrestlers in the world today. He's doing, he's, he's, he's doing well, doing well uh, in AEW. I wasn't a big fan of him in, in New Japan. I think I just don't like his style, really, and I don't think he'd rid himself of the WWE style enough while he was in New Japan. Um, but yeah, in terms of a kind of character work and the legacy he's creating AEW, um, he's almost head and shoulders above everyone else at the moment in doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think what leaving WWE, he, he didn't only have the shadow of that company over his head, but he also had the shadow of his, of his older brother, who's a, a legitimate star. And then the, the even bigger shadow of, of, uh, of, a, of his dad. So he had all these, these kind of expectation on his shoulders for him to come and kind of break out of that and finally become his own, own man on his own merits. Is, it's, it's something really, really impressive. 
definitely definitely yeah the thing with cody is he just needs to he, he just needs to be careful because i think and i think he is doing it less now to be fair but the the, the sniping in uh in stanford's direction turns a lot of people off mm-hmm. they, they want they want a they want an alternative to wwe but they don't want that alternative to be reminding them of wwe every week yeah, and I think the early snapping was kind of him getting that chip off his shoulder again, like um, airing his grievances. Uh, recently, he's, he's been very um, receptive to WWE. He's been uh, he's complimented quite a lot. I think recently he complimented about the using the the name Great American Bash for uh, for the the, the pay per view. He's he's uh, he's he's kind of mellow now. He's he's in charge, and he knows that he's made a success of AEW. That's good. He's got it out of his system. Yeah, I think that's what he were. I mean, again, he's you know he's he's still a relatively young young man, and mm-hmm. when AEW was born, it was very exciting. So uh, you can't really blame him for getting carried away with the excitement as well, I guess. Especially with the way he was always under a glass ceiling in WWE, he was never able to kind of break out. And when your when your last major character is basically being a, a carbon copy of your brother. You, you can kind of feel that you're not appreciated enough. Yeah, definitely. Great, great pick, Jen. Uh, oh, let's go to me now. Do I keep on this uh, on this out of the box theory, or do I go with somebody who who really needs to be mentioned? Do you know what? I'm going to keep on the out of the box. I'm going to go with Hangman Adam Page. Um. Yeah, his his route into New Japan uh, came through the the talent sharing relationship that New Japan had with uh, Ring of Honor, and he made his debut for the company in twenty fifteen May twenty fifteen, uh, uh, the cross promotion uh, War of the Worlds and Global War show, uh, where he he beat uh, Takayaki uh, Watanabe before he he lost in a a three way tag match as part of his uh, tag team the decade with uh, BG uh, BJ Whitmer. He returned for those promotion uh, cross promotion events in 2016, uh, but then quickly after that joined Bullet Club, where he uh, became a more permanent member of the the New Japan roster. Uh, spent the majority of the year in in kind of multi man and tag matches, uh, usually teaming up with uh, his fellow Bullet Club star, the Tokyo Pimp uh, Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, he, they entered the the 2016 uh, World Tag League, uh, and at, although he never actually won a a title in New Japan, it was quite clear that he was seen as one of those kind of like standout talents and he was on the road to being a, a big star. He'd got quite a good pushes in, in the tournaments and the matches where he had a chance to shine. Uh, he, he got a victory over the likes of Suzuka in uh, the 2018 G1 Climax. But when his, uh, his Bullet Club brethren and his elite brethren uh, went to AW, um he followed, and he, he was kind of pinned by us in the wrestling world as as the person who AW should kind of pin their pin their title on. Uh, ultimately, that obviously didn't happen, and and actually, in, in hindsight, it was it was the best decision to put the belt on Jericho. That kind of elevated the company, and it and it almost looked like as if Hangman had been a, a bit of a flop. He hadn't kind of reached the heights that we'd all set for him, uh, but. In, in reality, it's actually allowed him to broaden his uh, his character work. 
uh, a facet of, of the, the the star of the Hangman is that we haven't really seen a lot until he came into AEW. Uh, the, we've seen this inner, this inner conflict with the elite, uh, his uh, kind of fractured relationship with uh, with his friend and, and fellow AEW tag team champion, Kenny, and uh, obviously leaning on the, the demons with uh, with drinking. I think he's, he's grown as a wrestler and definitely grown as a character and he's, he's one of like a, a group of wrestlers who you can see uh, headlining the company for the for the next decade. Uh, and there's definitely going to be singles gold in, in the future for, for Hangman at, at AEW. So, yeah, I think I'll go with uh, Hangman Adam Page. Yeah, great pick. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have vetoed Hangman Page. When you talk about someone, when you said Lance Arch is the future, I'm I'm thinking now. Um, Adam <laughs> I didn't Page. say he was the future. I was saying he's got gold. He's in got future. he's got gold. All right, he's got a gold. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have put words in your mouth. But Adam Page has got gold in his future. Adam Page is. Uh, I mean, from the moment he stepped into certainly a New Japan ring, he looked mm-hmm. he looked ready. Um. Uh, yeah, his performances in, in the in the G one were fantastic. He just always looked like a star. I I thought I thought he'd end up in WWE because he just looks like I thought they'd throw money at him because he just look he looks like one of their stars. But in AEW, he's doing a great job, and I think he yeah he'll be a world champion one day and, and be a, a really hugely successful one. Yeah, well, the rumor is that WWE did throw uh, a lot of money at him uh, when they were trying to entice the books in. The books were apparently going to go straight to main roster, and, and Adam Page was going to go and have a, a stint on on NXT. And I think it would have worked because he's the kind of wrestler that would have fitted in at NXT. But if it's in a lot better in in AEW, I think he gets to to be with, more with his friends, and and like I said, he's going to be the the, the person who. who is the, the the headliner in that company for a, a long, long time to come? Yeah, definitely. They'll handle him a lot better. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt in that. Um, yeah, he'll, he'll be a lot better serviced in AEW. And and if if he's working with Kenny Omega a lot, then then uh, that's that's gonna that's gonna work wonders, isn't it? Yeah, and, and and we're obviously going to get the kind of blow up feud between the two guys very soon. They've they've, uh, they've really been slow burning this uh, this turn, and yeah, it's it's when that that uh, mega cowboys tag team does explode, it's it's going to make for a a, a great pay per view match. What a match that'll be! Yeah, that's got to be in front of fans. They just got they just got to hold that off <laughs> as long as they can because that has to be in front of fans. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, Jen, let's go back to you for your for your final pick. Wow. Um, I mean, Paige was right there because he's another one that I've just really enjoyed over the time that I've been watching, you know, between New Japan and AEW. Uh, Paige was actually my pick to win his block that year in the G1 when people thought I was crazy. And I said, but no, he's talented and he could totally do it. And I don't think he's going to win the whole tournament, but I think he could win definitely his block. He didn't, of course, but, you know, he did get, well, he got some good wins of his own, the one over Suzuki and at least another one. But then we also had the matches that were kind of ruined by Bullet Club stuff. Farley especially and Tama. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> as much as I enjoyed the story, the the whole Civil War thing, the 
they kind of fizzled, but you know, they were leaving anyway. As much as I enjoyed that kind of thing, I didn't enjoy it messing up the G1. And, you know, it messed up, you know, Paige's matches. It messed up Kenny's matches. It messed up Coda's matches. You know, that was a little bit annoying. But, you know, as far as Paige, he had some good showings. Even if the matches ended in DQ or were thrown out, he had some good matches where he, he had good things happen, even if he lost. There were a lot of those too, where even if he didn't win and had no interferences and he just straight up lost, he didn't always look bad losing. No. And that's important too. Like you can you can look great winning, but if you look bad losing, you know, it can kind of wear on the character over time. But he really didn't. Matches, you know, losses that he took in the G1, he looked good, you know, his matches when he was on the other side of the, the rivalry, he had a match with Kenny and I thought it was a really good match. He lost, of course, but you know, that's okay. And now with AEW, I also thought he might be the first champion, but then I like this way better. I like what they did better in, in that they've got this story going that he's involved in one of the, I'll say top stories right now with the elite. They did the thing with the inner circle. They've, you know, they kind of teased a dark order thing. You know, they've, they've done things with him. I think without people noticing, because there were some, I guess that were disappointed that he wasn't, he didn't get to be the, the champion or get to be in that match to be the champion. And it's like, well, that's okay that he didn't win. It's, his career isn't over. He's so young that he's got time and the company has plans for him. Like he's got plans. I'm sure that the overall creative crew have plans and we're starting to see them that he's involved with any story that involves Kenny Omega. He's on a good ride right now because he's got someone who knows how to tell a good story and yeah, it's going to involve some kind of heartbreak because this team is going to break up at some point. I'm going to hate it. I'm going to love it, but I'm going to hate it. And that's just, I get that a lot with Kenny's stories. It's like he does this thing where you love everything and then all of a sudden there's heartbreak. And you're like, well, wait, no, I wasn't expecting that. But then they make it better. So, you know, whatever, wherever this story goes, it's going somewhere good. And Hangman's right there. And I think he, but he's got his own character now. Yeah. He, he is Hangman Page and he can stand alone. He doesn't need a partner. He's got crowds when there's crowds, you know, chanting for him, you know, on his own. And that's probably the best thing to come out of his time, you know, his crossover from Japan to AEW is that like he's not just some stable mate, some sidekick tag team partner he's he's good on his own and can stand on his own and he's still so young that even if it takes a year or more to get him in a title picture that's okay because he's not going anywhere yeah i i I, I, I consider myself an outsider because as darren said in the outset i don't I don't watch AEW, so um, not because I don't like it, just because I, I I don't have time to fit it in. But um, so so from an outside looking outsider looking in, 
Adam Page is the most talked about guy that I see on Twitter. I, I see his name and and gifts and um, and chat about him more than anyone else in AEW. Really interesting. Yeah, it's not even close. So that that kind of says to me how much star potential he's got. He is an absolute star. So, Jen, is, is Adam Page your fourth pick? Because we are totally willing to share uh, Hangman Page with you. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> and, so, you know, I hadn't noticed, like, out of nowhere, he did become the topic. Like, everywhere. If you look at any AEW post in the comments, there are all these little gifts of Page, you know, different ones have become, like, just constant response to something, you know, his little toast drinking thing, the toast with the titles, you know, I use that one a lot that, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a star now, but he's got so much potential still that, yeah, mm-hmm. he's definitely belongs on there. I think the toast has overtaken the, the Cody Rhodes ear. <laughs> I don't see the Cody Rhodes ear so much anymore. I think you're right. <laughs> And I think the thing with Paige as well is is how many kind of star making um, moments he's had. He's had obviously the the win of the 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 battle row, which got him a, a title match. He was arguably the star of uh, the the stadium stampede when he was a uh, when he was uh, fighting Hager in the bar, uh, and then it, obviously the hundred yard run for uh, for for the clothesline is just absolutely brilliant. The guy is 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 the future of AEW. It's as simple as that. With with the likes of him, MJF, Jungle Boy, and Darby Allen, there's a there's a core there for AEW that's that's going to see this company thrive for the next decade. Definitely. Didn't he ride a horse? He did. Yeah, he certainly <laughs> I did. Saw, I he saw he rode a horse. He don't certainly get, did. Don't get better than that. Um. So yeah, great, great uh, finish to your Matt Rushmore. It's a uh, up, up to Paul now for for hours. Maybe you'll get to round it off. Maybe it'll get vetoed. Let's uh, let's hear his pick first. I'm gonna play cynically, so you can't. So I survive veto again because <laughs> you can't. You can't veto Chris Jericho. I know he you. The, he's the person I was going to veto you with. I was hoping you'd pick someone <laughs> like the box. <laughs> uh, no, I, I was I was convinced you'd go for Chris Jericho. So um, so uh, did you think I was going to veto him if you picked him just to piss you off? No, I, I I had him as first pick, obviously, because he's my goat of yeah. goats. But I thought I'll keep him because I want to veto Paul, but I don't want to waste a veto. <laughs> and and you, for the first time, you've played it politically perfect, Paul. I, I, I don't often play politically. I play naively. But today... I may still veto him, though, because I have I've... still got another pick that I, I could mention. Well, not better, be than, Chris... Rude. Not be better rude. than Chris Jericho, though, have you? Not better than Chris Jericho. Yeah. I may be willing to take one for the team, though. Bring the podcast into disrepute. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a great way to bookmark this uh, bookend this show, finishing with Jericho. But it'd be two weeks I haven't vetoed you. Well, two, four months I haven't vetoed. But Same, go on, explain why. Save it for next week. I'll say something stupid next week. You know I will. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing too well at this these days. It's it's going to come. Yeah, well, it's Chris Jericho, isn't it? He's, he, as you say, he's he's definitely one of the greatest of all time, if not if not the greatest of all time. He's massively popular on our overall Mount Rushmore. He's in amongst the top four. Um, he's done it all, be it ECW, WCW, WWF. Um, he's been, been in Mexico. He's been in Japan. Um, 
been in, well, been in Japan before uh, he, he went again but a few a few years ago. Uh, pretty much won every title there is to win. Um, he was for a long, long time the most exciting person in WWF, WWE, the, the most creative person in, in WWE. He was my favorite. Um, around about that time, he won the Undisputed Championship. And just before that, when he's battling for the Intercontinental Championship, I love Chris Jericho. Best debut of all time uh, with, his, uh, with, his, with his WWE debut. One of the best promoers of all time. Um, like, like Jen and, and many others, I'm, sh- I'm sure teamed into New Japan because of Chris Jericho. And and again, probably even a bolder move than than um, than Dean Ambrose because Jericho really was a Vince McMahon guy, and and rumors are that Vince McMahon trusted him, kind of up there with with Triple H, and uh, and and he left, <laughs> kind of did kind of did his own thing, and the, the work he did in New Japan with Kenny Omega was was brilliant, and with and with Naito, um, and Okada. Anacada, yeah, I didn't love the Akada one so much, but yeah, it, it, it was it was still really good. But yeah, the, the stuff with the stuff with Naito was excellent, and and he's a rock star as well, and he does a, and he does wrestling on a on a ship. It's just like, there's literally nothing Chris Jericho can't do. Yeah, I I agree, and this is like I said, this is a guy who was a WWE. It seemed like a WWE laugher was always able to go away and refresh his character, go on tour for a couple of years, and come back and and still have a massive impact. Uh, and yeah, when he when he showed up in New Japan, it was a shock, a massive, massive shock. And then when he showed up again in AEW, again another shock. And hopefully he'll be the the catalyst to uh, to more crossovers between the the two companies with AEW and, and New Japan. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's just um, a, an amazing wrestler, 30-year car- uh, career, still as relevant now as he's ever been, able to just say one or two words and then all of a sudden it becomes a, a, a T-shirt or it becomes a, a, pro- a promo or a gif. The guy is is literally just, he breathes money and it was the perfect person for AEW to kind of pin their pin their, their world title on to give them legitimacy, Yeah. I can't veto that pick as much as I want to veto you, Paul. I can't veto Chris Jericho. <laughs> I mean, he was the missing piece because the elite was successful, but I don't think that I don't think AEW would have been as as big as it is already if they didn't have Chris Jericho there and he didn't have Chris Jericho as the world champion mm-hmm. because he's just everyone knows Chris Jericho and everyone wanted to tune in to see what he would do. And and he's now even evolved into being arguably one of the best commentators in in wrestling because of uh, the the shows he's been putting on with AEW. He's always even though he's not even in the title picture now, he's still one of the biggest stars in the company. It's, it's just cool to see someone who who I've liked since day one still being a massive figure in wrestling. Yeah, and I wonder how far he can go. How, how much long, how much longer can he go and and stay at the stay at the top of the business? And I also wonder will he will he now ever get in the in the WWE Hall of Fame? That'd be an interesting one. I don't think his WWE career is over. He's he's never really left on bad terms. I don't think even when he's he's uh, he's said on a podcast not long ago he's, he's spoke to Vince recently whilst being in, in AEW. So they're still on friendly terms. And Vince has always been the kind of guy that no matter how 
Baddy's been burned by someone. If there's money there, he, he's willing to do business. So I don't think he's, he's finishing it in WWE. Interesting. Very interesting. Great. Final pick. Do you want to know who I was going to veto you with? <laughs> yeah, go on. <laughs> I was going to pick Trent Beretta. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Falls in the same category as uh, as Archer for me. Really? Very uh, good, very good, very talented, but not, you know, not not elite level. Pardon I, the fun. I think uh, in AEW we're going to see uh, him shine a lot more. Uh, I, I think he's kind of the breakout of the, the best friends tag team. Uh, he has been for a long, long while. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to see him... We're going to see him achieve a lot more in AEW than he has in in saying he's in his really poor running in uh, NXT and, and WWE. Didn't really get that much of a shot in in um, in New Japan. I don't think he ever won a, a title over there in New Japan. Uh, it was more just a member of Chaos rather than like a star. But uh, if, if you remember, he, he was just about to blow up in New well, in, in New Japan. Well, he was he was starting to get title shots. Um, kind of. When Rapongi Vice split up, kind of Rocky gave him the big, mm-hmm. gave him the, the big pep talk. Now here's your time to go be heavyweight and go achieve the things you want to achieve. And I think, yeah, I think his title match was against Omega, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. So I, I got I got the sense he was going to start maybe having a really good G1 run, and maybe start making a name for himself in New Japan. But yeah, but you're right. You'll 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 do really well in uh, in AEW. Yeah, because we, we kind of got the the the, the seeds that, that New Japan liked to plant of a long term storyline with the breakup of a uh, of best friends with uh, Chucky, obviously going absolutely mental, yeah. uh, <laughs> batshit crazy. Uh, so we were getting them kind of rumblings, but yeah, they came to AEW and and hopefully they'll they'll do well over there. Uh, but yeah, I, I were going to put forward Trent Beretta. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, you, you hit my veto. Uh, I'm surprised the uh, the young bucks aren't up there on either of our rush walls. Yeah, interesting. I I, I avoided uh, Kenny and I avoided the the books because I, I sincerely thought that they'd be the the two people you gravitated towards. Well, the the two picks that you gravitate towards. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't pick the bucks actually. <laughs> <laughs> Well, either way, we've caught with two uh, quality Mount Rushmore's. Jen's gone with Jericho, Kenny, Corda, and Adam Page, a very Bullet Club-heavy uh, Mount Rushmore. Then we've gone with, well, we did have Lance Archer, but he was vetoed. Lance, uh, remember, that's at Rain Counter to, uh, to fire back at him. <laughs> uh, and we've, so we've gone with Mox, Omega, Page, and, and Jericho. So quite similar, but... Uh, it's a, a cool little way to bookend the two Mount Rushmore's, I think. Yeah, definitely. I enjoyed that. It was really good. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. 
So, Jen, what we'd like from you now is a, a topic for a future guest to have as a, a Mount Rushmore that you'd like to hear about. Um, have you done Luchadors? Oh. Oh, wow. I actually, I th- I, we've touched on... Uh, on um, the, the Mexican stylists, and I don't think we've we've fully focused on on actual luchadors though. We've we've done mask wrestlers, which is which isn't luchadors, is it? Because we've got Kane and Mankind and Co. Um, classified um, for that. And we've done uh, cruiserweight slash uh, junior heavyweights as well. So yeah, be interesting. That uh, I like especially, it. Yeah, especially with uh, with becoming a, a big fan of, of New Japan. I've uh, also been watching a lot of uh, the the crossovers that they have with. Uh, with CMLL, uh, you get the uh, the Takatachi Manias and the Fantastica Manias. Fantastica Manias always good, always good fun. Yeah, I love watching them. They just it's just kind of turn your brain off and enjoy the action uh, kind of wrestling. So yeah, that's a a great uh, topic for a future guest. Um, Jen, this has been absolutely amazing. I really loved uh, finally getting you on the show. Uh, please let uh, all the Badlands listeners know where they can they can find you on social media and where they can find Dragons Den. I am at Chetty C H E T T I on Twitter. Um, at Den Wrestling is Dragons Den. Um, I'll be doing something. I don't quite know what. Um, Amy's been pretty busy with WrestleJoy at WrestleJoy.com or Leah and at WrestleJoy at Twitter. I'll plug them because I mean, they're, they've been really busy getting that set up and all. And so she's been doing big things behind the scenes at WrestleJoy. So she's been kind of busy, but I will be doing something with our podcast. I don't quite know what I need to figure out if I can do the thing myself. I don't quite know. I don't. I don't think so. I think I need a, a a tag team partner because I'm not. I'm not someone that could talk to a microphone and have it not talk back to me. So, I'll figure it out. And um, so there might be some guest spots, you know, until she's got some time. But there will be things. Keep an eye on the on the Dragons Den Twitter. Well, I, I definitely volunteer myself and Paul for a guest spot on on Dragons Den. That'll be that'll be awesome if we were to be on a, on on your show. Uh, I would absolutely love that, and I'm sure Paul would. Yeah, we'd love to come along. I I don't get to talk New Japan anywhere near enough as I'd like to. <laughs> Sounds good. Tolle, can you nail it yeah. twice in in two weeks? Shall we give it a go? Shall we give it a go? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everyone, to, the, to this episode of Badlands. And I'll, I'll, I'll attempt to get through the outro before uh, before Darren adds another link, another podcast for me to, to fit in there. How, how many are you up to now? I am still on the same number. I don't know why people think I'm the new Matt Willis. <laughs> it's, you must be on five, surely. No, I'm not. I've got three podcasts and then I get... Dragged into a fourth podcast. That's Matt's podcast, not my podcast at all. I guess I it's the guest. It's all the guest <laughs> spots you do, isn't it? It's like you you think Rihanna's always in the chart, but it's because she's yeah. a featuring, she's featuring. He's a yeah. featured artist. <laughs> <laughs> so, we we love to hear you on the airwaves. So you can't get you can't get enough a uh, uh, Darren Kirk be on on podcasts, in my opinion. Um, and speaking of which, you can you can find all these wonderful podcasts. Um. 
chiefly by following him at Dej Kirkby, D-E-J Kirkby. Um, you can hear him talking wrestling fandom um, on why we watch and um, on the latest goings on in UFC and MMA on Five Rounds Pod. Both of them are on Visionaries Global Media. Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter um, at Rain Counter. Um, and I'm also with um, at Five Nerds Go kind of doing weekly quizzes and chat and and just talking rubbish really <laughs> um if you fancy listening to some of our some of our old material you can uh you can you can uh, go head over to the smart to death network um where we're mm-hmm. re-releasing kind of all our first tentative steps into into badlands um and uh you can also find us obviously on at Cheershot Media, um, where you can also find more hard-hitting pro wrestling opinion, analysis, news, and more. Um, they're also on the Cheershot.com. Type Cheershot Radio Network into your podcast engine of choice. Um, and you'll also find us next week and every other week um, with more, more um, exciting badlands to bring to you. Stay safe, everyone, and always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.